for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. All right, take your Bibles this morning. I'm going to deviate a little bit this morning. Make a slight turn here this morning, if that's okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Did you find it? Yeah. It's right before 2 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 16, look at verse 15. I don't think I've ever read this verse before in my life, but the Lord quickened it to me, and then I had to find it. Verse 15 says, I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the, fruit f- is the first fruits of Archaea, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. I'd like to talk about addiction this morning. Only not addiction to drugs, not addiction to alcohol, not addiction to te- sex, but addi- addiction to ministering to the saints. As you grow in the things of the Lord and you're in a church like this and you're finding out who you are in Christ and the power of God you have and the things you can do, there's going to be a stepping stone like Latasha talked about this morning where you're going to go. When I first got saved, I just wanted a better relationship with God. I was just seeking God. I just loved God. I just cared for God. I would go to church. I would worship. I would praise. I would study the word. I would do all that stuff. But suddenly, say suddenly. Suddenly I saw other people who were not doing exactly as well, if you can put it, as I was in their search for God. In other words, they've got stuck in the mud. They've stayed in the same place. They haven't grown or anything else. And at that time, there was a switch in my heart to take my thought life off of me and to put it on the saints. And when I started ministering to other people, the Word of God, I mean, we started very small. We started in Just for Fun, which used to be up on US-1. It was a kiddie place to where we went in, and they had little tables there, and we sat down in little kiddie chairs in the back room with cake stuck up underneath the tables and slobber all over the place. But we went there, and basically when we started, we had about four people who were coming. It was always coming. But I knew that God had called me to do something, to minister to someone else other than myself. See, if most of your prayers are about you, you've not taken this step yet. The more you find out, the more you discover, the, the more you see that you are in a good place, that you, a lot of things you were praying for have already been given to you, that you are a blessed person, that, that you don't need this, don't need that. You start to have a heart for other people, say other people. Once you minister to one person and that person's life is totally turned around, there's an addiction that comes in your life. In other words, you say, my God, that was good. The hair's standing up on my arms, and I'm feeling real good. And that person got delivered from their religious bondage. They got set free. They got born again. They whatever. And there's just something that happens then that changes everything in your life. All at once, you become a radar. (laughs) And you're looking for people who need Jesus, who need to understand, who need to come out of darkness, who need to have the blinders. But the problem is there's always a step you take when ministering to other people that God takes you to. And like she was talking about this morning, that step is a tough step because it is something you've never done before. It is not a natural thing. It is a spiritual thing, and you're a spiritual being. But still, I mean, we live in the natural. I don't know if some of, at least I do. I don't know where you people live or what you do. But even like, and I'm going to tell off on Latasha a little bit this morning because I know some things that she doesn't know. But they're not to put her down or put her up or anything else. Do you understand? I just want to tell you things, and I know that she can let me do that without any issues, any problems, anything else. But 
even for her, you know, I know there's a prophetic anointing on her life. I mean, it's obvious. She preaches prophetically when she gets on fire. Everything shot out there is prophetically. It's hitting people's heart. It's riling people up. It's stirring them up. There. But there is another level that she needed to go to, yeah. and that was the level we started to see, started to see, say started to see, started to see this morning where she steps over and can hear from the Lord for other people. Up on this time, it was Latasha, the mighty preacher. Latasha, the mighty minister. Latasha, the mighty prophet. Every look at me, I'm Latasha, 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 Latasha. If I kick, if I kick my shoes off, you'd probably think it was her. But there's a shifting that comes to where you want to start ministering to other people. But in order to do that, there's some things that are holding you back in your own life. I found out it was never God really holding me back. It was. Me, basically not advancing, not doing something that he wanted to do. And in Latasha's case, for some reason, there was a, a hold there that she wasn't really excited about teaching on Thursday nights, or, or I mean Wednesday nights, or preaching on Wednesday nights. Now, Sunday morning, if you asked her to preach on Sunday, I'm here. But Wednesdays, how many know they're a little different? Instead of 60 people there, there's 8, 10, 12 and sometimes you wonder if it's worth it. Sometimes you wonder if the anointing isn't going to show up for eight people. I mean, has God even got time for eight people? For God's sakes, he's got a whole world out there. Why would he mess with me for eight people? So for a long time, when I'd give her Wednesdays, we'd either get somebody else or she'd do a musical thing. Well, I just feel God's telling me to do a musical thing this Wednesday night and God's speaking and God's saying everything. But in the whole time, I knew that until she took this step, of getting up in front of, I don't care if there's three people there, and realizing that when she opens her mouth, it doesn't matter how many people are out there, the anointing of God is still there, still on the word, still powerful, still changing life, still going to the atmosphere. Until she made that breakthrough, the next breakthrough would not come. Now, as a pastor, I could have been a little pushy. I could have said, Wednesday night's open, and you're teaching, whether you like it or not, and you're going to teach. But that's not the way God works. How many of you know that? God leads you and he guides you to do whatever needs to be done. So what was it, a couple Wednesdays ago, she finally stood up, and I think she was probably more shocked than anybody else that the anointing was actually there on Wednesday night and was actually working for it didn't matter how many people were there, there was actually an anointing, and the same Sunday preacher turned into the same Wednesday preacher, and it was the same preacher either way because the anointing is on you and on the word no matter who you're ministering to. And now since she's taken that step, she has opened the door. Say, she has opened the door. God's opening doors for me. No, he never closed the door. The door was already there, but she had to take that little step of turning that knob and opening that door and preaching on Wednesday night when pastor ain't here. And I don't know, nobody here. And there's steps in every ministry, everything that you do. There's steps that you do as a parent. There's steps that you do under the anointing of everything else. And basically, what you are totally scared. It says sorely afraid, I think, in the Bible. They were sorely afraid. Say sorely afraid. Whatever you're sorely afraid to do most of the time is a thing that's stopping you from going to that next spot or that next level that you need to go to that breaks open things in your life to where you minister. Are you following me? When I first started ministering, I had studied the word. I had notes. I had done everything that I could do, and I was ready. And when I got called on to preach on a Wednesday night down in a church down the street, boy, I tell you what, I was ready. And I started out, and I preached that word, and I preached that word, and I preached that word, and it felt good, and I knew I was changing lives and doing things. And then I got called into a, a large convention someplace at that time to preach, and I went to that convention to, to basically, I was the MC. Say the MC. Yeah. 
In other words, it was down in West Palm Beach. It was a Catholic thing, and I would bring the people up, and they would come, and they would talk, and they would do whatever, and I was sitting there on the end. And the second person that got up walked up to the podium. He was supposed to talk for like an hour on something, and basically he just said, you know, uh, the Lord's speaking to me. I said, well, that's going to be good. At least his teaching's going to be worth something anyway if the Lord's talking to him. He said, the Lord's speaking to me, and he told me that this young man right down here in the end is supposed to take my hour. And I said, God, I hope there's somebody sitting on the other side of me. If there's not, please translate someone in to my right. I'm begging you to translate someone in. And opened my eyes, and he was pointing at me. Now, mind you, I was the MC. I wanted, I said, MC. I'm the MC. MC. That's what I. So I had to get up. I had a complete hour. I had no notes. I had a little Bible I couldn't even read. I tried to make people believe I could see at that time, and I couldn't. I needed glasses. And I just brought a little Bible along because I didn't think I was going to use it. I couldn't even see to read the scriptures. So I had to recall scriptures that were in my heart and pretend like I was reading them. Turn your Bibles to, I didn't care, I was in Genesis anyway. Turn your Bibles to, and the Word of God says, because I couldn't even see the little Bible that I brought because I didn't know I was preaching. But at that time, it was, it, that wasn't a voluntary. See, there's a couple ways you can do this. And one way is a lot easier. If you just prepare, get ready, and do it, or you may just get thrown right in the middle of the thing. And we get thrown in the middle of the thing, you talk about shaking. If you thought she was shaking this morning, I was totally petrified at that time. So all I had to do was open my mouth, find a scripture someplace, and take off. And I learned at that time that the anointing of God will come upon you, and everything that you've put in here... Everything that you've stuffed, everything that you've read, every word that you've heard, everything that you did that was already in here, at a spur of the moment with that anointing, it'll start coming out of you. I mean, it just flows. It's like somebody said it's like a, a newborn mother. They eat, they eat, they eat, but then they nurse, and they nurse from what they eat on the inside. And basically, ministry is the same way. Let me tell you what, if you're not eating, you probably won't be ministering to anybody else. You'll be looking for the lifeline because you're drowning. Help me, somebody help me, please help me, help me, I'm drowning, help me, I'm drowning. But when you continually put in, say put in, when you put that word in, when you sit under the word, when you, when you study it, when you're with God, when you're thinking of God, you don't really need to be prepared for a whole lot in your life. In other words, when the trial or something comes, out of the inside of you comes the word of God, the spirit of God's right there, man, and he'll pull the slingshot on by his stripes, see where he'll chew. And all at once, it'll rise up on the inside of you. you got a pain in your shoulder. Thinking, oh, no. No, not today, brother. I'm telling you what. By his stripes, I've been healed. I've heard that over and over and over and over and over again. Bless God. And it works in my life. My needs are met according to his riches in glory. Basically, it goes all back to I know who I am. See, but if you don't put that stuff in there, it's not going to be there at the time of ministry for you because you've got to have something to give out in order for it to work. So what do you have to do? You have to become addicted, first of all, in your own life to the Word of God, to the Spirit of God, to the things of God, so you can be addicted to helping someone else. Say, helping someone else. And I mean, I am one blessed man. There's no question about it. God continues to bless me, bless me, bless me. And that's wonderful, and I love that. But let me tell you what. The Bible says you have been blessed with all spiritual blessings. Now, when I first got saved, blessings to me were, I got a new car. I got a new house. Oh, everything's going good. The kids are doing good in school, all these blessings. But notice it says spiritual blessings. Say spiritual blessing. So the greatest blessings I found out over the years since I've been in the ministry 
are the blessings spiritually that I see that from me have gotten into other people and have changed their lives. That is a spiritual blessing. I'm telling you, that blesses my socks off, praise God. It blesses my socks off right now that you have hung in there, that you have been faithful, that you went through the storm, that there were times when you didn't want to come back, you didn't want to see anything, you didn't want to do anything, you didn't, but praise God, you just kept walking. Maybe it was slow. Maybe there was some men on your feet, but bless God, finally you took that step through and all at once everything fell off of you, praise God. And the old Pam became back to be the new Pam again. And Pam was once more excited about the things of God and the fire of God. See, and I know the word does that. I know if you'll just be faithful to the word in your life, it'll change your life. It, it doesn't care how old you are. It doesn't care how young you are. The word of God will bring things out of the inside of you that you never thought you could do. Well, I used to be this. I used to be that. Who cares? Forget those things that are behind and press towards the mark of the high call in Christ Jesus. It don't matter how many times you messed up yesterday. What matters is what you're going to do today. See, and there's anointing on your life to do these things. And people have been changed. I've watched Ben and Latasha grow in here. I've watched Latasha from the first time when she was debating whether to even preach or not. And she came up to be prayed for one time. And God gave me a word and said, open your mouth and let it fly, sister. And finally, that's all it took. People were telling her. It's not like nobody ever said, Latasha, you're not a preacher. No, they were saying, why don't you get up there and say something? Well, I don't know. Maybe when I'm 68 or 70 years old. You know, I'll get enough word in me to do that. Everybody wants to prepare for 80 years and then do ministry. You're too old then, praise God. It ain't going to work for you anyway. You might as well do what you know now. Whatever God has revealed to you right now, take that and do that. So I've seen them grow. I've seen the anointing on her. I'm glad she took another step. I'm happier about the step she took than she is. Why is that? It's a spiritual blessing that has taken place in my life, praise God. And it's not a physical thing. It's not something that, it, it can't compare to a new car. It can't compare to a new house. It can't compare to these things. It just compares to, praise God, that God is working in someone's life and God has moved in someone's life and God has used me in an area of my life to touch someone else and to help. Marie, my gosh, she was always going to come to church. She was a professional. I'm always going to be in church person. Never showed up. Called me during the week. We talk, coming to church on Sunday, Pastor. All right, see you there. Guess what? No Marie. I know I'm called by that. No Marie. Marie never shows up. Then one day, say one day, she had a decision to make. See, she got into a place where she had to make a decision and she had to make it right now. Now, she could have made that decision. I see a lot of people say, Jesus healed me. Thank you for healing me. And I'm going to serve you the rest of my life. As soon as they get healed, guess what? Never see him again. Never in the word again. Never care again. Then they want to come around six months later and say, how come isn't it working? Well, because... I was going to say you're stupid, but I can't say that. So I was just going to say because that's not the way it works, do you see? I mean, when you make a change in your life and want to go for God, go for God. Don't be messing around. Don't be screwing around because there's going to be a spiritual blessing. One there, And sometimes you don't know where these spiritual blessings go. Sometimes you just minister to somebody off the street, never see them again. And 10 years ago, they show up and they got a church of... 50, 60 people, they're ministering to somebody else, and they say, hey, that time that you ran into me on the street and you said something, changed my life, I went for the Lord, now I'm serving everybody else, and you don't even know that. But God brings it around because he wants you to know he has blessed you with every spiritual blessing, praise God. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. So these spiritual blessings are the one that you're gonna want. That's why you have to get addicted. Addicted to helping other people, to serving other people. God has placed, if you've been in this church at all, you've got enough word in you to change your whole neighborhood. I'm telling you right now. It's already on the inside of you, praise God. You are bloated right now. So take that word of God and use it in other people's life. People out there, if, if you've been here very long, you don't understand how ignorant people actually are out there. 
I mean, ignorance is rampant out there. People don't even know if they're born again. People don't even know Jesus. Tongues, my God, scares them to death half the time. Why is that? Because ignorance is running rampant in this world. It's a kingdom of darkness. What does darkness mean? Stupidity. The devil wants to keep everybody dumb in every single area of their life. They want to believe that they're in bondage. People who've been come out of bondage still believe they're in bondage. How long have you been saved? 20 years. Are you still a drug addict? Oh, yeah. Taking drugs? No, but I'm still a drug addict. I'm still an alcoholic. I still... Well, come on now. It's time to understand that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old things have passed away and all things have become new. And based on that song, I know who I am. (laughs) You either know who you am or you don't know who you am. And if you don't know who you am, somebody's going to tell you who you am. And when you believe what they say who you am, you're going to have a long, tough life because they don't know who they am or they tell you who you were rather than they think who you am. I ain't repeating that. Get the tape. Gotta get the tape on that one. Sorry, that's just the way it came out. But yeah, you're not who you used to be. Your background doesn't matter anymore, praise God. It doesn't matter how many times you failed, how many times you drank, how many times you sang on top of the bar, how many times you did You have been totally set free by the power of God, and now he wants to use you. He wants you to touch the people around you. He want, I'm not telling you, it's a force thing. When you're ready to do it, it just happens. You run into people on the street. You run into people who want what you got. You're not searching for them, and sometimes you're busy doing something else, and you'd rather not take the time. But you know you got to. Why? Because you're addicted. Can't let it go. Got to have it. Got to be ministering to someone. I got to be reading the Bible all the time. I got to be praying all the time. I've got to be, I mean, I got days to do that. Isn't that wonderful? There's a time I was at the post office. I mean, I got up and 20 minutes before work, and I went off to work. And then by the time I got home at night, I went to bed, and then I went back to bed. But now I can get up and I can read the Bible from 10 to noon if I want to. I can pray in the Holy Ghost from 1 to 2 if I want to. I can do these things, but it's not for my benefit to show how great thou art. It's to be ready to minister to somebody else to help them praise God in the problems and the troubles that they're going through. I mean, you look at Christian marriage and you look it up, Christian marriage is just basically at the divorce rate of natural. It's not any better. It's not like the world's 60%, we're 20%. I think they're both like at 58% right now. Even Christian marriages, this ought not be so. There's no way this ought to be so. And why is that? Because people come into church, they get born again, and all they think about then is going to heaven someday when they die and don't really care about their life. But you're put here for a very short period of time. When I was younger, I thought I was going to be here for God knows ever. But as you get older, you understand how short, how short time really is. It goes fast. All at once you're 50, all at once you're 60, all at once you're 70, all at once you're 80, and you're shaking your head and you don't know what happened on all the years. But we've got a daily opportunity in each and every day by being addicted to the word and addicted to the anointing and addicted to preaching the word and studying the word, you can touch someone else's life. And there is nothing better. When you're in a, a just for fun with four people, you don't care as long as they're hungry and their life is changing. You don't care if there's four there, there's 44 there, there's 104 there, there's 204 there. I personally like a small church because I know everybody. I can be called, I can touch out, I can reach out, I can minister, I can to every single person in here, whoever needs anything, I can do that. In a larger church, I, mean, I know they got associates, pastors, and all that kind of stuff to do that stuff. But if I'm responsible as the head, I want to be responsible for each and every one. You know, and that's just where I'm at right now. I mean, I'm not saying I don't want to grow to 200,000 if that's what the Lord wants or whatever. I'm just saying I want to be in a church where people are hearing the word and changing. Yeah. 
where they're, where they're getting on fire, where they're getting excited, where they're finding out that they're not who they, they thought they were. They find out that their marriage can get better. They find out that they can walk in more power than they're walking in yesterday, where there's a greater hunger for the word of God than there was two days ago, where they're seeking God with all their hearts and with all their minds and with all their souls, that they know they've been put here for a point in time and this time and this hour, basically to get something done for the Lord and promote the kingdom of God in the life. And it's something that nobody else could do, which makes you very special to God because being special to God is a wonderful place to be too. Because when you know God loves you and you're special to him, you can make a mistake and you don't care because you know God forgave you. You don't have to repent for seven days and seven nights before God finally says, all right, all right. That's it. I forgive you. He's not that kind of God, man. He knows. And, and I mean, when you step out in ministry and you start ministering to other people, the devil going to come. Say he's going to come. See, he, he's scared. He's scared you're going to wake up and start touching other people, minister to other people's life and doing other things out there. And he'll question everything you do. The first time you get behind the pulpit and you preach and you go home, you're going to find out 50,000 things you did wrong. Should have said this, shouldn't have said that. Oh, I should have said that. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Well, I hope I didn't make that one mad. I hope I made that one happy. <laughs> and then you finally decide, I ain't never going to do that again. I got the whole world mad at me. And all I did was preach one 15-minute sermon. But no, that's not the way it is. You get up, you trust the anointing of God you have, you minister to somebody's life, you walk away, and you believe by faith, and you believe that that word that you planted on the inside of somebody is working on them even now, even though it may not look like it. In the natural realm. When I broke out, praise God, and, and broke out of religion and broke out, I was the first breakout. That's hard to do, to be the first breakout in a very large family where everyone's in one denomination and half your uncles and aunts are in the upper shalon of those denominations. And all at once, you ain't doing what everybody else did. You're not even going to the same church that everybody else went to. I'm trying to make this as easy as I can without getting carried away, but you know what I'm talking about, praise God. Well, what happens then? I mean, you're an outcast. You talk about a black sheep. But when you see something in the spirit and you know it's the truth, nobody can pull you back. It don't matter if they make fun of you. It don't matter if they tell you you're going to hell because you're not with this domination. It doesn't matter this or that because once you see it, once the spirit of God opens your eyes to something that you know is truth, nobody can take that truth away from you anymore, praise God. Nobody can steal it for you. So the more truth that we find out, of course, the freer we are, praise God, through the word of God, and we see these things, praise God. I didn't know you laid hands on the sick and they recovered. I didn't know we could cast out devils. I didn't even know I had an anointing. I didn't know all this stuff. All I was doing was I was saved. I loved the Lord Jesus, and I was going to do my best to serve him and going to be a good boy. And then I went home one time, and mom, on one of her shelves, had a book by E.W. Kenyon. I don't know where she got it or why she had it. My God, I don't know what happened. Somebody must have gave it to her, and she made a mistake. And I pulled that book out by E.W. Kenyon. I started reading stuff in there that I'll tell you what. Talk about far-fetched. Casting out devils? Devils were Old Testament. They all disappeared, praise God, when the New Testament came. Healing the sick? <laughs> lay hands on the sick. He talks about speaking in another language. I took French, couldn't say a word. <laughs> Two years and all I got was we. <laughs> Straight A's. I don't know how that works, but it worked. But I didn't know this stuff, so I start reading it. I read that and I said, this is this guy. I'll tell you what. I don't know who this guy thinks he is. He doesn't even have a name. It's E.W. Kenyon. You'd think he'd put, he's afraid to put his name there, so he just put his last name with initials so nobody could look him up. So then he'd, he'd say something, and I'd go to my Bible, and I'd look up all the scriptures ahead, casting out devils. And here it was. Believer shall cast out devils. Well, that's just one. Out of the mouth of 42 or 52, every word shall be established. 
See, I wanted proof for this stuff. You understand? I had a way of thinking, and that's the way I was going to think, and it's going to be hard to change the way I'm thinking. And everything he had in there, man, there it was in the Word of God. There it was in the Word of God. And I feel like, this is a good book. (laughs) For 30 years, I've been religiously here and never opened it once, but it's a good book when you open it up, I decided. And I looked at it, and I started finding out that I was righteous. I was saying, I am a sinner now and at the hour of our death, amen. (laughs) And I would say that over 50 times every time I prayed that thing. You don't think that builds a sinner mentality into you, confessing that? Praise God. And all at once it says, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. I said, that's the devil again. There he is, trying to get something else in me. So I go to the scriptures, and there they are. There they are. I'll tell you, that word of God won't leave you alone. There they are. There they are. There it is. You are the righteousness of God. He knew us and became a sinner. You might be the righteousness of God. And I said, well, I'm either going to believe what the word says or what someone else thinks the word has said. So at this time, I committed myself to the truth. I'm not going to talk the truth. I'm not going to teach anybody unless I know it's in the Bible and it's the truth. Because, you know, in James it says teachers will be judged. That'll make you quit the ministry. Every idle word that you teach. Why is that? Because as a teacher, whatever you put out there, if it's not right and people grab a hold of it and get destroyed because of it, guess who's responsible for So praise God. If I just learned God loves me, and that's all the further I get, and I'm sure of it, that's all I'm preaching. God loves me. God loves me. He loves you. He loves everybody here. What about healing? God loves you. What about casting out devils? Oh, he loves you so very much. Praise God. Why is that? Because I was going to start someplace that I knew. I'd experienced the love of God. I knew the love of God. I looked it up. I knew that he loved me beyond anything. It was unconditional love, and that's what I taught. Well, then slowly revelation started coming. Revelation about divine health. Revelation about casting out devils. Revelation about being a pastor. Let me tell you, just because you decide, I've decided to be a pastor. And you step out the first week and say, what the heck did I do? Am I out of my mind? Why did I do this? I was just responsible for her and two little boys. I got all these people out here. And I thought my wife and two little boys had some problems. These people got real live issues. I'm talking about real problems. And what did I do the first couple that came to me? The same thing as I was taught. Well, you know, I prayed and my son died of of this or that, and I feel real bad. What about that? And I said, all things work together for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Why? That's because that's what I was taught. And then they came back the next week and they said, why did this happen? Ask me a second time. All things work together for those who love God and call them. And she looked at me and said, no, they didn't. I said, oop. Better change that one. Better find out what's really going on. And let me tell you, I don't care how long you're in ministry or how long you're ministering to other people or how long. If somebody asks you a question you don't know, tell them you don't know. Well, let me, let me get in the spirit a little bit. Oh, yes, I'm hearing the Lord. No, you're not. You're just trying to look like you're important and you know what you're talking about. There's some things you're going to never know. I'm telling you right now, never know. God told me one time, you might as well forget the wise. Wise are going to take away your faith. They're going to take away. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? You may never know why until you die and go to heaven. There's just some wise you're not going to know. So that why, by meditating on and going for it, will beat you up and will tear your faith away. And you never will get the answer for the thing. Another thing God taught me is you can't change other people by force. Wouldn't that be nice if you could? (laughs) Wouldn't that be great? But it's not that way, see? You can't do that, basically. You've just got to concentrate on yourself 
You sow your little seeds. Without making anybody mad. And you get that seed in there and you're hoping that seed germinates and that seed grows and they start to understand and it starts to change. But by you getting angry every time they don't change just ruins you. See? Because they're not angry. They think they're doing what's right anyway. They've been doing it for 20 years and you're not making them mad by them doing the same thing. It's just making you mad on the thing. So you can't change the people around you. You can pray for them. You can give them advice. You can do whatever. And it's the same way with you. If you get to a place where you can't take advice anymore, God bless you. You must have finally arrived. And let me know because we want to get you behind the pulpit as soon as we can to straighten out everybody else in here. But see, it doesn't work that way. You grow and you grow and you learn and you learn and you never stop. That's the worst part. You think you arrive in different things. When you get a, especially when you get a revelation. Did you ever get a new revelation? My God, I know everything. Just come to me, world. I know everything now. And you wait a little bit. About four days later, you say, I don't know nothing yet. I know a little bit more than I did. Well, I don't know nothing yet. See? And why is that? Basically because there's so much revelation that comes, so much other revelation to come. There's a deeper revelation. That's why, you know, I teach a class. And that's what people say all the time. I be coming to healing on Wednesday nights, but I took the class eight years ago. <laughs> well, God bless you. But what are you doing when a symptom hits your body? Yeah. I'm sick. Well, then you need to be in the class again. See, this is a thing that goes over and over and over and over. How many are you going to eat today after the service? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Did you just eat yesterday? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh? Some of you probably ate at a buffet yesterday. You should be good today. Some donuts. Some donuts. Yeah. Look at that. No, but physically we don't have a problem, do we? While we're eating lunch today at one, we'll be concentrating on what we're going to have at six. I know we're eating now, but we've got to eat someplace tonight sometime. What's it going to be? But we don't do that spiritually. See, we do that physically, don't we? We're never reading the Bible thinking, when can I do this again? You're probably thinking, oh, I did this pretty good. If I do it 15 more minutes, I get another star from God, and I'm doing a lot better because I got my total hour in at that time. But it's not that way. It's a way of life. And as you read this thing, God is going to show you different areas that you step out in your life. I mean, spiritual blessings. A spiritual blessing is Patrick. I mean, he's a spiritual blessing to this church. I mean, I don't, where he came from, he just appeared one day, and there he was. <laughs> Praise God. It was, I wish he'd have been sitting beside me that day when they called on me to preach. But he wasn't around then. Yeah, he's here and he's preaching the word and he's working on the sign and he's doing all this stuff for us. I mean, he's a blessing to me and a blessing to this body and it's another spiritual blessing that God has given us in our life. And we go right down the line. I mean, you keep going. Susan Skinner, I mean, blessing, praise God. James, blessing, praise God. Every single one's a blessing, praise God. They're all blessings. Ted Campbell, blessing. He's a blessing to me. There's a time when Ted Campbell could have folded up tent. Do you know that? You know that? Something happened in his life, too. Just could have folded up and said, to heck with it. That's it. I'm done. I'm finished. That's all there is to it. Tragedy hit his life. But he kept going, praise God. He kept going forward. And look at the reward. He got Wendy. Wendy, so there's spiritual blessings. I mean, Pastor Tom, the pastor of this church, no, this church has so many blessings in it that if you listed all the names of the people who have blessed this body and are here and continue to bless this body and to do things for this body, I mean, we'd have to plaster them all over the place. Even people who aren't here anymore, have, they were a blessing. Yeah. 
Do you understand? They were a spiritual blessing. They're gone now. They're gone now. That, that's their choice and what they want to do. But while they were here, I'll tell you what, they were blessing our socks off. They were doing what they were supposed to do. I mean, you go all the way back to where we first started out. We had the Bordemas doing the music. I'll tell you what, we were to Holiday Inn. And at the Holiday Inn, they drug all that equipment in every Sunday morning, set it up, did the music, did a night service, tore it down till midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, and hauled it back home. And did that every single week. How many know that takes dedication? That was a long time, but there, there are people who are committed. There are people who have been a blessing. There are people who have all up and down, of course, that have helped you. And, and you need spiritual blessings in your life, but you need to be one first. As you're a spiritual blessing, you need to be blessing other people. You need to be helping other people. You need to be looking at other people and learn to see the good in everything and everyone. It takes no anointing to see the bad in people. That just shines all the time, don't it? But you want to see what's on the inside of it, what their call is in there, what God has called them to do, what he's doing in their life. Praise God. And just do what God tells you to do. Praise God. Learn to minister to the people around you. There's people around you every single day. You don't have to do the homeless like Sue does. There's people just, there's as many rich people who are out there lost as there are homeless. Matter of fact, probably homeless are more saved than most of the rich people out there, see? So there's a people around you all the time, but you have to become addicted to God's will and God's desire in your life in order to be ready to minister. If not, you're so wrapped up in your stuff half the time, it's just hard to think about somebody else. You know, We want to get there first. We want to be in line first. We want to do this first. Sometimes you can just step out of line and tell someone to go ahead of you, and it's like God touched them. You know, One time I was at the grocery store a couple of days ago, and I was going through the line, and, and I'm very conscious because I like ice cream. And they were behind me, it was buy one, get one free, and they had two, but they were waiting behind me, and my thought, if I'm in their shoes, is I want to get through that line, because my ice cream's going to be milk here in about the next 20 minutes. So I just stepped out of the way, said, go ahead, go, and she said, well, you don't have to, you don't have very many items. I said, go, you've got ice cream. (laughs) Well, you know what my pet, you want to know what my pet peeves is? I'm walking around in the store, and I'm grocery shopping, and all at once, a lady walks by, and she already has ice cream in her basket, and she's still shopping. Oh, my God. Can you imagine what that looks? She probably lives 20 minutes from there. She's going to shop up and down the aisle 10 more times, go through it, and then take it home, and you can't ruin ice cream. That should be, is it, that's got to be in here. Thou shalt not ruin It's not fair, I'm telling you right now. So there's little things that you can see, though, and I know she appreciated it. I don't know if she got the ice cream part of it, but I know she was glad to go first in line for something. So look to, and a lot of times what you're going to do is something that's not comfortable doing to begin with, you know. You, know, you pull out and traffic's really bad, and, and you wanna let, don't want to let somebody out, but you do. See? I've never come to the place yet where I want to let somebody out. <laughs> Have you come there yet? I haven't. I haven't come that far. I'm at a point where I will allow them every now and then to pull out in front. Not every time now, depending on how fast I'm going or where I'm going. But all these things are slowly changing us in what we're doing, in what we're saying to minister to other people. And pretty soon when it becomes addiction where other people are the main focus in your life, then you've now stepped into the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God is a reaching out, it's a touching, it's a helping one another, it's to help this, help that. It's, it's good, praise God. And it's good for new people in the body to come. And we have some new people coming out. These people are hungry. You know what I mean? They haven't heard, there he goes again about the kingdom. 
for seven years now, he's been talking about the kingdom of God. Praise God. And the new people go, oh, God, the kingdom of God again. He's preaching again. Give me my pen. Give me my pen. I'll write everything down. See, don't get there. Don't get where you think you got it all figured out and the word of God doesn't change you anymore. I'm telling you, the word of God, every time you pick it up, will show you something you need to change in your life. Just a little bit of adjustment you need to make in your life. And it's those adjustments that keep you on fire for the things of God. It's those adjustments that keep you going. It's those adjustments. That's what revival is. Yes. Revival is change. Not just a bunch of people floating around and, and full of the spirit. That's good. But there's got to be constant change a little bit in your life every single day. And it never comes to an end. I've been in this now 30-some years, and I'll tell you, it's still changing every single day, learning how to handle new situations, learning when to talk, when not to talk. Yes. Yes. Let me help that again. Learning when to talk and not to talk. <laughs> Maybe learning when to talk and not to talk. He says there's times you say stuff that you know is right, but that wasn't exactly the time. Right. To be spitting that thing out in that conversation. Because now they're coming at you with knives, forks, and razor blades, praise God. <laughs> and you can yell, I know I was right the whole time they're stabbing you. But it's not going to help you, see. So we're all growing. We're all learning. The, the two gentlemen here this morning, they brought, praise God, they ran into them. They're a member, I think, of the Mormon church. So this was definitely a revelation for them this morning. They made a trade. They went to their church last week. They got to come here. Praise God. They made it all the way through. I think they didn't. It's all right. Praise God. It's all right. It's all right. Praise God. But what is it? You, you want them, and, and you're not forcing them to come to your church. Not for, you just want them to be able to see past where they're stuck, and they can't see no further. You know that's bondage, and there's no joy there. There's no peace. That had to be the most joy they've seen in their entire life in a 45-minute area, wasn't it? People excited, people jumping. They'd, and one guy even started accidentally clapping there for a little bit. Did you see that? He, he forgot where he was. And started, oh, my God. Well, Jesus, Jesus, Lord, Jesus. Got caught up in the flow, see? Got caught up in what the Spirit of God was doing, praise God. Hallelujah. But then he caught himself, praise God, and sat down, and he was cool, calm, and collected. Glory to God. So get addicted. Get addicted. Get addicted to serving the saints. Get addicted to reaching out to somebody else. Get addicted to make a difference in somebody else's life. It's better than any natural blessing you can get. It's better than an extra paycheck. That stuff's good. It's better than more money. That's good also. But when you're reaching out, touching people, then you see that person grow. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the advantage a pastor has rather than an evangelist. Evangelist blows out, hits them, and leaves. I get to stay here and watch people grow. I get to stay people and watch, get them excited about the things of God. People still pressing in, still going. Are there some people that don't? Yes. But that's okay. There are people who do, praise God, and they're going further, and they're understanding, and they're in the ministry, and they're helping others, and they're blessing each other, and they're doing things. And, and you hear it. You run into somebody sometime and say, oh, your pastor, we're at Treasure Coast Victory Center. Oh, I ran into somebody from there. They were really nice, and they, and they gave me the word, and they, they helped me in my situation. And, and you know, blessing. And you're going, oh, no. I didn't have, I didn't have anything to do with it. See, it's almost like your kids, you know, when your kids do something real good because your kids, praise God to me, praise God. So to see people grow up and to see people do things, to see people growing in the spirit, excited about things of God, touching other people's lives, I mean, it's just, it's a blessing. I want you to know it's a spiritual blessing. So become addicted, keep going, praise God. Love each and every one of you, proud of each and every one of you. So glad that you're here, so glad that you're listening to the word of God and growing in the things of God and we're not all the same, but that's okay. 
Hallelujah. We all don't love the same things. That's okay. Praise God. The only thing I want out of all of you is to make sure you get ice cream last and get through the line first. That's all I ask of each and every one of you to do that. Don't, don't, don't dish me on that. Praise God. It's very important. Because when you open it up the first time and it's not that frothy stuff on top that melted and then froze, you're going to be a happy ice cream eater when you do that. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, jump up this morning. Praise God. Oh, Jesus. So I got a text from my sister last week that said, uh, she sent me a picture of fat boys. And she said, now you've got our whole family eating at it. We listened to your sermon and the kids wanted to try it and we're still eating it. So I sent her a text this week, buy one, get one free this week at Winn-Dixie. She says, we don't have Winn-Dixie in Huntsville. I said, no, no, I looked it up before I got a hold of you. There's one 19 minutes from you up on highway whatever, praise God. So I'm not going to tease them. I already had them figured out, praise God. Hallelujah, just lift your hands this morning. Just thank him this morning for being such a wonderful God to give you this opportunity here in this earth realm to do what he's called you to do and he loves you so very much and cares about everything that you do in your life and he's knitted us together as brothers and sisters and members of his body to reach out and touch other people to change people's lives. Father, we just thank you first of all for being patient with us till we finally came into your kingdom. We thank you for your awesome forgiveness that got rid of everything that we did stupid and wrong back in those days. And we thank you now for the spirit of God that you placed on the inside of us. We will not ignore him. We will not deny him. We will not forget about him. Holy Ghost, you continue to minister in our lives each and every day. Continue to show us what to do, when to do it, what to speak, what not to speak. Quicken that word of God you've placed on the inside of us. And Father, I ask you through your spirit that's been promised, quicken everybody's mortal body in here right now. Keep them strong. Keep them healthy. Keep them vibrant so they can do your work, praise God. And we thank you for what you did today and what you're going to do this coming week and also in the in the meeting we have coming up and all the things that you continue to do with us we just give you praise and glory because you're the best in jesus name and everybody said amen, amen. all right praise god everybody we'll see you wednesday night 7 30 for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.